Bring in more revenue while saving money and differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack vying to win those guests by becoming more environmentally friendly. We will show you how easy it is and how cheap it can be, if not free, and share all the opportunities available. So join us each week as we take another step along the green path. That's one more step to differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack. The Green Path Podcast is kindly sponsored by Sustonica, the first sustainability certification for vacation rentals that audits homes on their environmentally friendly setup, installs smart measuring tools for water, gas and electricity, and offers an iPad for guests to see their real-time consumption levels. Learn more at sustonica.com. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Green Path Podcast. As word truly starts to spread in the vacation rental industry about sustainability, more and more resources are being uncovered to help. Today, we're going to learn about one of those resources. Today, I'm chatting with Will, who will explain to us all that the green element offers. Hello, Will. How are you? Very good. Very good. Yourself? I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining me today. and Thank you for your time. Will, can we go right back to the beginning of your journey on the green path, what where what is your background, and then how did you get started on your journey? So I I think I started the sustainability journey probably when I was about fourteen. I was reading some um, old, um, you know, those cards that you got from report cards, mm-hmm. and there was a really interesting comment from one of the teachers saying, "Will gave a." rather interesting slightly quirky talk on climate change we weren't quite sure what it was about or why he was doing it but he seemed enthused in the subject and we commend him for his actions and I think I I didn't know I can't remember doing it to be honest with you so it surprised me but then doesn't surprise me that I was thinking about it back then and bearing in mind I'm 40 I think I'm 47 um Mm -hmm. And so it was a long, fairly long time ago. Mm. Uh, but what scares me or worries mm. me is that we were clearly talking about it then. I'm, I'm not some kind of freak that was, you know, seeing into the future. Mm. All I was probably doing was reading and understanding what was going on around us in the 80s. So mm. that's slightly worrying. And I think over time, I ended up, I ended up working in the hospitality industry for a lot of it. I was a travel agent for quite a long time. I ran pubs, set up restaurants in South America, ran a bar in um, the US, in Missouri. And so was in the hospitality industry and traveled an awful lot and saw what damage was happening around the world and then ended up working in the wine industry. Got made redundant from Justerinian Brooks and um, went to do my master's and set up Green Elements. And that was back in 2002. Oh, wow. And so what exactly does the green element do? We help organisations become more sustainable mm-hmm. in, a, in a nutshell. We redu- help them reduce their impact. Mm-hmm. We've got a variety of different platforms and um, services that we offer through that. We have Sustainability Solved, which is an online community resource centre um, that allows people to access free information and ask questions for free on 
um, whatever part of the journey they're on mm -hmm. they'll get um, any of our consultants answering that or any other people that are on the platform um, then we've got Compare Footprint which is a carbon reporting software that helps organizations understand that footprint that is a very cost-effective service I mean it's free to anyone that's under £300,000 turnover mm -hmm. and that does scope one two and three emissions and we've been told by many that it's probably one of the most um, it, intensive but um, you know robust software that's out there mm. and is I it, know sorry, sorry. Is, is it very tricky to go through that process when you say no no and we've done we've made sure that it's not um we've made sure it's as easy as possible we can obviously always improve on that and we are looking at the user journey mm. um very regularly um but the robustness and the accurateness was the most important part that we went through mm. to start off with and i think we've got over um we've got that we've i think we've got some of the most um carbon factors in it around the world um from listening to people and it's that comes down to that robustness Mm. And Screen Element as a consultancy, I would call it a boutique consultancy. It works for the people like The Guardian or, um, say, Holiday Extras. And um, I'd like to mention Blossom Brown a bit later on. And, mm. um, you know, they it's it works on life cycle analysis. It'll look at the shirt or a jumper of, say, Finisterre and understand the footprint of that it'll look at say work the fever tree and the bottles and the tonic and stuff or mm. you know it's it's very much all about um the environmental reporting be it carbon reporting on a product mm. be it the reduction strategy for science-based targets or um scenario analysis or i mean we built a carbon plan for natwest which is a automated automation reduction strategy um once you've got your carbon footprint which will be put into compare footprint it was a joint ip project so it's it's interesting it's a really interesting space to be in and i think mm. that um we can only make it more easy and i like the fact that you did ask me how easy is it and actually quite frankly it's not easy enough it, it mm. needs to be easier it needs yeah. to be more simple but you need that accurateness at the same time so yeah. you can't dilute what it is that you're doing you have to you you have to have accurate data you have to actually know your reduction strategy in order to actually reduce and you can't just go oh can we just pretend that those are or average our figures or can we just no because actually that won't give you an accurate figure which won't actually allow you to understand what you need to reduce mm. so sorry yeah. <laughs> no, I think actually you're right. I think the whole user experience in terms of calculating your carbon footprint, I think that is a big turnoff for a lot of people. Well, A, yeah. they think, well, it sounds complicated. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, if you could show it's not complicated, we just need these figures or whatever you do. I don't even know. I have never been on that journey myself. But if you can make it as easy as possible, then there's no excuse not to do it, not to yeah. go through and, yeah. and see. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, so you look at the carbon footprint, that's one of your resources. And then mm. one of the things on your website says environmental management system, and you can generate savings. So in terms of the travel industry, how, how would that relate? How could we generate savings with this environmental management system? So an EMS, environmental management system, um, largely comes from ISO 14001, which is an international standard. Um, it's a certification that you can achieve 
from an accredited um, body. Um, in the UK, we've got UCAS, in America, you've got ANAB, and um, around the world, there are different accreditation bodies for those certification companies. And um, it's a process that you go through, and it's got a fairly bad, or used to have a fairly bad rep. I actually think that the tables are turning now. I think people are starting to recognise that and I, an, an environmental management system, ISO 14001, is quite a good thing. Mm -hmm. I believe that the reason being, and I'll go, I will answer your question um, about specifically travel industry, but I believe that one of the reasons why people are turning to it now is the expertise that's going into the industry is much higher. In the past, historically, we had ISO 9001 and ISO 18001, so quality management systems, health and safety people going, I can make some money out of this. I'll put together a management system. It's not really an environmental management system. It's a management system. They would say that they were passionate about the environment because that's what they kind of knew they had to say. But actually, now you've got graduates coming through that will only work in environments and therefore the unique skills that they bring is expertise in that particular area and they're actually using that system to reduce the impacts of those organizations and it really depends on the organization and what what organization you're talking about i mean if you say look at a travel a travel company um it'll depend on how big that travel company is let's um we can go down two routes here let's pretend it's a really big one to start off with mm -hmm. with many sites so operationally it's probably quite a high emitter due to the um you know where is it buying its electricity what sort of controls does it have in place on it within the sites that it owns how are they managing people um is there much travel between sites what is that travel how are you what's your travel policies with it but equally are you around the world what's what are your travel policies do you have monthly meetings where the whole senior leadership team get together or mm. can you maybe do um and i am a firm believer that people interaction is important i am not someone that says that we should stop traveling and i say that because i think that what we're we're kind of missing we're really missing a trick at the moment. You you actually have airlines that can travel much more efficiently. We've got fuel that is much more, but we haven't got the drivers pushing that. So we've got organizations that are thinking that the best thing that they should be doing is spending money on um, putting a tree in the ground somewhere in the world. And they then call that offsetting. And then that apparently offsets your emissions. Mm. Now, if you've got a large ad agency that is um, offsetting, in inverted commas, their emissions, and let's say they're putting in £100,000, one of the things that maybe they could be doing is maybe investing in Airbus. So actually putting all of that money into the travel industry, because... That's how we are going to be able to orchestrate change. If we actually start to work together within the travel industry and we start to join the loop up and we think about, okay, Airbus then will have more money putting into R&D. Maybe Airbus could have a, if we don't want them to go into historical 
um, emissions. Maybe they set up their own pocket of Airbus that's all about uh, R&D for future travel. Mm. Then, you know, we hydrogen, can... Hydrogen fuel. Exactly, <laughs> hydrogen fuel. And, um, you know, be it what it is, mm. but at the end of the day, we are then helping that change. We can't go, bad travel industry, they're awful, mm. we'll carry on travelling, and we won't do anything about it. <laughs> it's like... Uh, that makes no sense at all. And that is yeah. what's happening at the moment. Yeah. And it's true because travel's not going to go anywhere. I mean, we're nomadic people. You know, we, yeah. we will keep moving. Yeah. And it's a very yeah. interesting idea to reinvest that money. I'm not, I'm not saying don't plant trees and I'm not saying to, you know, stop what you're mm. doing. But it's a very interesting idea to actually put some money into the travel industry to mm. help them become more sustainable. That's a very interesting idea. Yeah. And we're, we're seeing it across all supply chains around um, largely large corporates around the world, where if you're looking at science-based targets, then um, your supply chain will be a large part of that reduction strategy. Ooh. So rather than, um, again, offsetting your um, your emissions, you're putting money back into your supply chain. So you're actually investing in some of the subcontractors that you use. So if you're a um and a manufacturing plant that outsources a part of your um product in somewhere in the world you start putting solar panels on their roofs or you start to invest in the infrastructure within there which will then bring the cost down so you can work it with them and go if we invest ten thousand pounds on that our product you will save this much so therefore over time our product will go down in price so instead of spending one pound fifty per product we could be spending 70p per product You'll be making the same amount of money, but the whole system will be much more environmental. And that's where we need to be getting to. Love it. I really love it. Hmm. Now, this is going to spark a new episode, I think. <laughs> and Airbus. Maybe we need to talk to Airbus. Oh. Um, no, no, that's really great. So how can the people in the travel industry or vacation rental managers, how can they implement some savings then? I think look at what it is that you um, have in your buildings. Um, simple as light bulbs, simple as simple as the uh, like the heating. So how is it that you are managing those properties? So do you have heating on? I mean, it's well known that rental properties have their heating on full blast, hundred percent of the time, all the year. Mm -hmm. Whether it's summer, and so therefore, and then people come in to those holiday lets. And they don't really know how to turn the heating down sometimes. And if they do, they can't be bothered. They're like, well, mm. it's not me. It's not my money. It's I'm paying for <laughs> this. So therefore, I'll just open the window. And so start to put in. There are intelligent systems out there that nest, hive. Um, I don't know. I'm not. But, yeah. you know, there are those systems that actually you could have. If you're a rental property manager, you mm -hmm. could actually have all of the systems in a dashboard so that you can go, right, and maybe you could actually automate that system quite easily yeah. with your CRM. Your, you know, So yeah. therefore, you your CRM knows when it's being booked and when it's booked out, so it'll turn the heating up. Mm -hmm. And as soon as it's not, it'll turn it down. They'll mm -hmm. all have APIs. We can be much more clever with the way that we manage those properties. And mm -hmm. we're not at the moment because... Mm -hmm. Uh, it's we're not thinking logically in a, in a roundup roundabout way yeah you know and, and this is definitely 
excuse me. This is definitely one way you can save money because, like, you're right. The aircon is on all the time through summer. The heating's on all the time through winter. And for the cost of that home automation device, platform, software, you are going to save money, with, especially yeah. with electricity the way it is this, uh, the price yeah. the way it is these yeah. days. Absolutely. It's, it, that's sort of like a no-brainer, you know. Mo that's one thing definitely to monitor. Yeah. Mm. And then... I yes, love exactly. I love the whole um towel the towels thing. And oh. um I remember it first coming out, God, it was ages ago, wasn't it? It was gotta be about 10, 15 years ago. The first consultant went into some hotel. It was it the Hilton chain. Mm -hmm. I can't remember I can't remember, but, but I remember them switching things around and going, instead of please help us save energy, um, if you want us to if you want to reuse your towel, hang it up. It went everyone else is starting to ask us about reuse you know reusing their towels because they want to save energy therefore if you want to do that hang your towel up and it was that really clever way of turning things around to make you go oh i don't want to be that person yeah oh, hang my towel up <laughs> and it's you know that language and that and the way that we can and sadly you don't see it enough in the travel industry mm. i mean that that's such a simple strategy and it could be put into lots of other aspects of running a hotel or running um a, some kind of travel business that is just not utilized enough yeah i'm going to put my hand up here as the guest inspector that's my side consultancy and i have to say that if we want to encourage guests to reuse their towels we need to make sure there's enough place to hang the towel Yes, and a hook, yes, yes. A hook is not going yes. to be enough for a towel to dry properly. Yeah. So yeah. put yeah. in some goddamn rails yeah. and then people might go, oh, yeah, okay, I can hang it and it will be dry by the time I'm having my next shower. So yeah. this yeah. is a simple fix. There's usually yeah. plenty of room in bathrooms where you can put yeah. a couple of towel rails. And think about it. If you've got two people sharing a hotel room, there could be three towels. Yeah. Have room for three towels as a minimum. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah. So, spot on. Yeah. absolutely spot on i tend to i'm really bad i go into the room and i actually hang it up on in the room and it, probably they don't like that because it's on the wood or and yeah. I, but i'm doing it because i kind of see it as the best of the worst yeah but you're paying <laughs> money you're paying money to stay in a room that ends up looking like a campsite but yeah that's not good guest experience yeah i guess it depends on the guest doesn't it for me it's i'm i'm living my values <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, oh, I, I tried to do it too but it's just frustrating that they want us to hang the towels to dry but then they don't put it don't give us anywhere to hang them no you're absolutely right you're absolutely right mm. you're absolutely right I hadn't, I hadn't actually thought about it. I mean that's that's the thing is it's so simple isn't it yep and it is and that's where we've got to get to is get sort out all those simple things yeah yeah now we, we touched on earlier about laundry so yes. of course you know we've all got linen to wash or hire or whatever you wanted to tell us a story about a linen company. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, I think it will possibly resonate with many of your listeners because of what's happened over the last number of years. Um, we've got a client of ours, Blossom and Brown, Sycamore. And Dan, um, Dan Brown, weirdly, actually not named after him. It, anyway, <laughs> long, doesn't matter. Let's not go there. Um, <laughs> Dan's managing director and owner of the business. And obviously COVID hit and things were dark for a business that ran laundry for the hospitality industry in the London area. 
everything had shut down. And it's, you know, we'd already seen stuff going on prior to that when the living, so the living wage went up about probably about four or five years ago now. And I remember him saying, right, we need to put our wages up because obviously you had to. But because of the margins that these laundry firms work on, and this is what I want to really try and get down to, are so small. I mean, you're talking about one, two percent. It's really hard to run a laundry firm when your customers, the hotels, are going, well, we want only to pay 12p per um, sheet or whatever, when actually 13p per sheet would make a huge difference because you're dealing with payroll, energy, electricity, gas, and water costs. You've that many businesses don't have such a lot of overheads that they have to continually manage. And um they put they they actually just said to all their clients, we need to put the prices up because of this and recently they put their prices up because of the covid stuff and um they did go into debt and i'm sure he doesn't mind you saying but one of the things that i think that i admire that company is they came to us back in 2007 2008 asking us to look at the environmental impact of their business and they are continually monitoring the energy um be it the gas or the electricity looking at the water usage, understanding the implications behind it. And one of the things that I think has they have seen through all the bad stuff is because they're so on it from a sustainability point of view, they're actually really on it from a business point of view. And Dan and I have become friends over the years. And I think it's because of that synergy between business and environment. Mm. And I, I think it's a really good example of how an organization has managed to get through the darkest of times and come out at the other end purely through understanding what goes in what comes out mm. and we don't do it enough and i don't think we understand it enough and we're not i think we've lost sight of the fact that the environment and your environmental impacts are a massive part of your pnl and what goes in, what comes out. Mm. And I strongly urge any listeners, whether it's a <clears throat> laundry firm or whether it's a um, travel agency or a rent rental company or whatever, mm. look at your what your what you're procuring, and then start highlighting areas and go. Well, if we shave ten percent off that, if we shave, what is our profit margins on the back of that? And mm. then. Look at how you can reinvest those profits back into the business. Don't keep them go, oh, we can pay directors more, but actually reinvest it back into keeping those costs down because that's really important. And that will give you longevity in the business, whether it's a longer runway re, um, and runway as in how yeah. many months. Um, you never know how much people know. What have, yeah. um, I didn't know what runway meant about <laughs> five or six years ago, to be honest with you. Um, and so it's, it's about that cohesive thinking and looking at everything unilaterally. And I think that's what Blossom and Brown have done incredibly mm. well. And it's what's pulled them through to mm. the other side of COVID, which let's face it, the travel industry got hit and it's been massively slapped on the back by Brexit. Mm. That has certainly not helped us. 
mm-hmm. and I, I, I've got a lot of empathy out there for anyone in the travel industry because I've seen it firsthand with clients. We've got mm-hmm. clients like um, Holiday Extra and Exodus, and um, it's it's tricky, hard, yeah. yeah. But um, but I, I think yeah. you, I think you're spot on. I think people don't really look at their usage in terms of electricity and water, etc. Um, a few weeks back, I interviewed. Um, um, I, I, we learned about the Green Butler, Chris. I think it was Chris from the Green Butler, and they basically <clears throat> show you the usage of electricity and water. And it's not just showing you; it's showing the guest. So it's almost gamifying it. You know, it's like, well, the guest, the best guest. May, I'm I'm not sure if it works exactly like this, but I got the gist that you know the best guest usage this month was this. And you know, you almost want to try and like, well, how do they do that? I'm going to try and have this low usage as well. And the staff are, are made aware of it as well. So being aware of how much water you use and how much electricity you use is a start. Mm-hmm. It will affect your P&L at the end of the day. And already we're talking home automation that will help with electricity. Maybe you you want to change your shower head. There's mm-hmm. a, a great yeah. shower head that aerates the water as yeah. it goes through. Yeah. So you lose you use a lot less water. So there's mm-hmm. money saved possibly on your water bill. So um, there are ways you can, you know, reduce, but you need to know what are we spending on water? Yeah. I think, yeah, no, absolutely. No, absolutely. And I think there are lots of really good people out there and lots of good organisations. I mean, Adam, mm. I think you know Adam Bostock, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Adam and his organisation. Small um, 99. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are really, they're really good at articulating that message and helping smaller businesses understand what it is that they need to do mm. and um so there is the resources out there so if you're listening to this and you go but i don't know where to start mm. either email me us and we'll the contact details will be in the show notes yeah. um and we can point you in the direction or look up small 99 look up um you know there there are lots of organizations and what yeah. if you end up emailing me i'll probably end up listing out 10 15 organizations <laughs> to look at because yeah. there are resources out there. Yeah. Well, there, there's this newly established environmental with Bob Garner. And I've had Bo- uh, Adam on the show. So one of the older episodes, if you want to go back and have a look. Small Brilliant. 99, way back. Yes. Brilliant. <laughs> yes. So uh, life cycle analysis, can that be applied with uh, for holiday rentals? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it can be applied to anything, really. Because what, what you're looking at is a product and you're looking at... Ha- what that product is costing us environmentally and um so i mean if you're looking at a hotel room it'd be the usage of the hotel room wouldn't it and you you would be looking at the energy usage in that hotel room when it's not being used and when it is being used yeah i was just um, maybe maybe we should start what is the life cycle analysis exactly okay fine it's um it's understanding what the environmental footprint of a particular product is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, an easier example is a jacket. And so where was that jacket made? What's the What materials have been put into it? What are the footprint of um, all of those materials? What's the operational cost of making that jacket? Um, and what travel has happened in that jacket has it has different materials or um you know 
parts of it been made different places and then come to place put together in that place and then shipped to um, a warehouse um, are you looking at a series of warehouses around the world that then gets shipped off to customers or is it um, all gets shipped to one warehouse in one part of the world that's then sent around the world I mean and by looking at that and it, that's why it veers very much into the operational footprint of it and what we find is organizations actually have over the years changed the way they do things because it's a customer has come in and requested something or a bigger bigger customer has said we want it done that way or you know and therefore they end up having warehouses all the world then there's inefficiencies that are happening and it's highlighting those inefficiencies and trying to alleviate those inefficiencies again driving down that environmental impact mm. Mm. Absolutely. One thing I forgot to with oh, I forgot to mention before when we were talking about the management system and maybe with the life cycle analysis too, uh, the single-use plastics. So the the single the little amenity bottles, <clears throat> the mm. the cost of those, the labour involved in in you know the restocking and the storage, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, using you know the the one litre bottles mm. in the bathroom, things like that. You know, I suppose that all gets taken into account as well in terms of life cycle or the management system. Yeah. Yeah. Would, I mean, of course it's a big part of yes. uh, big part. It depends on, it depends on what is, what you're actually measuring. It could be a small part of what it is that you're looking mm. at, or it could be a big part depending mm. on the product that you're looking at. Yeah. But it's another simple, simple thing to do. It's yeah. going to, it's going to yeah, affect totally. the bottom line and it's a very yeah. simple thing to do. Totally. I'm yeah. a firm, I'm a firm believer that, I, I just don't understand why we are using oil when we a don't need to, or b can use alternative products. Mm. Um, because I find it incredibly selfish. I think that why can't we use oil in ten thousand years' time? You know, what? Why? Why do we have to use it all up now? Um, I, I think that the problem that we've had is that we've used oil in such a small amount of time and so much of it. Whereas if we'd have put that out to 20,000 years of human existence, then we wouldn't have climate change. We would still be able to use because there are some things that are better in plastic. But it and it's like the plastic bags. I, I don't quite understand the thought process behind using a paper bag over a plastic bag. Mm. Just reuse that plastic bag all the time because you can't reuse a paper bag and the impact, the environmental impact of that paper bag is horrendous. And really? it's only used once. But it's only used once. It's made out of paper. It's, and it can't be recycled? It's not waterproof. Yes, it can be. But if it gets wet, which mm. in the UK, it's a fairly wet climate, um, <laughs> everything will break so it's kind of i don't know i think it's almost the heart trying to solve a solve a brain problem mm. whereas actually it needs more intuitive thinking and a more of a method better methodological approach to mm. actually systems thinking isn't mm. it i think that's the expression mm. is actually thinking about everything not yeah. thinking about one minute thing 
Yeah, but the problem is society is too big these days and it's all about uh, instant gratification. You know, you oh, I don't have a shopping bag, so you get a plastic bag, you get a plastic bag, you get a plastic bag, and then, you know, what happens with them? It's mm. it's great now that we're being trained that I'm going shopping, I'm going to take my mm. my recycle or whatever, the, yeah. the, the shopping bag. Yeah. So we we it, there is an element of being retrained. Yeah. And whether it's, you know, we're, we're being trained now for electric cars, so maybe we mm. can you know, reduce the the consumption of oil and mm. use more of electric cars. But then, you know, electric mm. cars are still using electricity. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think we're heading in the right direction. There's a lot yeah. more R&D going on and solar panels are being improved all the time. And so I think we're heading in the right direction. But as long as everyone chips in and goes along yeah. in that direction, then yeah. we're all heading down the right path. Yeah. I'm one of the worst people with um, when you go shopping um food shopping for stuff and look my other half laura always just head plants when i turn up because i always forget the bags oh so but i won't i refuse to get any more bags so i'll do the shopping trolley put it in the shopping trolley go to the car put everything into the boot of the car and then i get back home and i'm taking everything out of the car individually back into the (laughs) house (laughs) and but you know what it works yeah yeah (laughs) It's not the end of the world if you've got to bring in 15 items. No, exactly. Two by two. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we're going to start wrapping up now. Is there any other message that uh, you'd like to share with the, with the listeners um, about jumping onto the path or the journey along the path? I would say look at what your impact is and look at do you understand everything that you are doing and what each of those individual impacts are and if there's a no or a not sure to anything along that then start looking up what um, resources are out there to help you Mm. of course can pay footprint can be one of them but then as we've mentioned you've got small 99 you've got um, business declares you've got uh, you've got so many different um, organizations that can help you and some are more focused on the travel industry as well yeah and um there's help out there and there's free help and it's not it's free in adverse commas because you are still going to have to do the work and actually if it's free for you to get the information then you are going to have to do more work so mm-hmm. think about it like that maybe it's cheaper for you to use someone that has done it before and they can then do it quicker and the whole process may be cheaper if you're looking at everything it depends on where you are and where you sit as an organization and what you can afford up front or in the long yeah. term yeah yeah well i think this has been a very interesting resource uh, episode i'll pop all of those links that we've discussed in the uh, in the description below Well, thank you very, very much for your time. And thank you for a really, really great conversation. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode and were at least a little bit inspired. If you'd like to catch up on the other episodes that you've missed, just head to thegreenpathpodcast.com. See you next time.